For as long as I've known the NBA, it's been a stars league. But even among the stars, there's an exclusive club. Russell, Dr. J, Jordan, Kobe. They're all part of a select group that paved the way for the NBA superstar of today. And some even shared secrets with each other along the way. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Jackie McMullen, and this is the Icons Club. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. And welcome to The Answer. I am Sierra Tsohi. I am joined, as always, by Michael Pina. We are going to take a slight, slight detour from the Wemby hype train here and uh, do some off-season reflection. We're going to talk about a team that I think is in a fascinating place. They're at a crossroads. I feel like they've been at a perpetual crossroads for the last two years or so. Uh, the, the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors had what I what can only really be deemed as a disappointing off-season. Um, I think if you put it in a vacuum, not, not horrible. If you just count it from like the last 10 days or so uh but not great not great and they're in a they're in a strange place right now so we're gonna dive in we're gonna talk about some siakam stuff we're gonna talk about them potentially finding a way to become a win now team maybe getting involved in the dame sweepstakes and just a general overview of of their off season mike how's it going it's going great uh i feel like this is the most interesting team maybe right now in the whole league. And I feel like they have been ever since like weeks before, maybe even like a couple months before last year's trade deadline, where it's just like, what is this team doing? Are they going to trade Fred? Are they going to trade Pascal or OG? There were so many rumors. They ended up buying at the trade deadline, which just added to the intrigue and then flamed out, lost to DeMar DeRozan's daughter, Screaming daughter in the play-in. 
and had incredible just a, karmic retribution. <laughs> seriously. And had a I had to Google that story like it was a fever dream or something. Like I did that really happen? Um and yeah, then I had I think it was kind of it's been kind of a disastrous offseason, I'll say. It, like I I don't think it's been in any way great for them and kind of a stunner in some ways and we can get into all of it right now but um you wanted to start with Siakam and I feel like that's where the best spot to to kick this conversation off yeah like look here's where we're at we had Fred Van Vliet walk after not being traded at the deadline he's in Houston and the Raptors didn't want to pay him $43 million a year. And that is more than fair, but they probably should have anticipated not wanting to pay him that much money at the trade deadline or anticipated that he would want to want to leave. He actually did go on a podcast a couple of days ago saying that maybe he would have stayed. Like it wasn't necessarily something that he, he wasn't necessarily looking at leaving. Uh, but this is a man who has perpetually bet on himself and has made it very clear that he wants to get a bag and he got a big bag and, and good for him. Uh, could have seen that one coming, in my opinion. Uh, and now we're at a pl- we're looking at a place now where like this is a team that has just waited too long on some of these moves, right? Like they they misread the Fred situation. Um, they didn't trade OG at the deadline, and they don't necessarily have to. Maybe he's part of their you know youth movement, but they could have gotten three first rounders for him. I don't think you're getting that for him now. And now we're at this place where we have Mark Stein reporting that maybe Pascal Siakam is the one who is more available than OG Ananobi. He is up for an extension. He has not received an extension offer. Um, he is going to be a free agent next season, assuming that Jalen Brown opts into his or gets an extension at some point. Although, I mean, clock ticking hasn't happened. Uh, so waiting, uh, he will, Pascal will probably be the best free agent in 2024. So, He's going to get paid regardless. It seems like the Raptors are weighing whether they want to be the team that pays him. And if they don't want to be the team that pays him, I think it would behoove them to learn from the past and make sure that they get the best deal they possibly can. You don't need to be hasty. This is an all NBA level talent. Uh, They should try to get the most they can for him, him, try to create a market if that's what they're going to do. Uh, But... I don't know. There's, I wrote this in our winners and losers stuff from, uh, you know, at, at the ringer.com. And basically like there is a difference between patience and paralysis and the Raptors have mm-hmm. been on the wrong side of that. Uh, oftentimes in the last few years, you can go back to the Kyle Lowry, uh, trade as well. They basically gave him away for pennies when they could have gotten, gotten a lot more for him if they moved earlier. And look, you just don't want to do that with a guy like Siakam. He is just too valuable on its face. It's like this time of change and, this like summoning of a new era in Toronto. And like, I feel like everyone maybe on the outside looking in sees that. And Masai Ujiri is kind of maybe oblivious to it or oblivious is maybe too harsh of a word, but it just seems like they're at a point and crossroads is a great word. Like they should be, pushing forward and trying to win right now where in a conference that's not like super duper loaded at the top in an NBA where it's like there's some relative parity or they should go in the other direction. And I'm not, I'm not anti middle of the road, but I just feel like 
when you're coming off a 41 and 41 season where you finish in ninth place and you lose arguably your best player or maybe your most one of your most important Second players best. i think yeah important yes player. that's fair yeah. fred very good point guard and you just replace him somewhat haphazardly with Dennis Schroeder using your full mid level. Like, I, I just, it just doesn't seem like good team building. And now you have OG, um, who has a player option next year. He's going to opt out, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, they have every intention, apparently, of keeping him, which is fine. He's really good and he's 25 years old. But you also have Pascal, 29. Um, there's a chance that his best basketball's behind him. I don't, I don't know. Um, there's also a chance that he could make another all NBA team this coming season and then demand a max contract. In which case, if you're Toronto, you are stuck. Cause I just don't think you're going to be, uh, so much better than for than a 500 team, um, with, Pascal, OG, and I think Scotty Barnes is the other guy here that we all obviously need to mention who's coming off a relatively disappointing sophomore season um, who could easily just take this monster leap and kind of leave this conversation moot where if he's an all-star in year three and he's amazing and he's like this de facto point center and they don't need... I know uh, Darko uh, Ryakovich, their new head coach, has talked about giving Scotty the ball a bit more. And if he's amazing, then that's great. And it, and it works out. But I don't know. Like, I, it feels like they kind of have to trade Pascal right now. Is that, is that like, am I too aggressive there? I don't think they necessarily have to trade him. Um, he obviously, like, he is, Chris Haynes has reported that he wants to be in Toronto. Uh, today, Michael Grange, who wrote a column about Siakam not being at Vegas Summer League, uh, just not in attendance at all, um, went on uh, Sportsnet this morning on JD Bunkus' show and was talking about how he still feels like Pascal wants to be in Toronto. They will probably have to do some repair, but, you know, there's nothing, there's no repair quite like a max contract. So if they do want to bring him back, they can. Yeah. I think so this is this is an interesting place to, you know, talk about basically like what is Siakam's value? Like if he if he makes an all NBA team next year, then he is eligible for the designated vet- veteran extension, which would pay him two hundred and ninety million dollars over five years at th- at the most. Um and he's right now he's eligible for a four year, $192 million extension. I personally think with the way that the CBA is going up with the way that you know, Pascal Siakam had his best season last year and he's 29 years old, but he's going into his eighth season in the league. So it's not necessarily like I'm going to look at him like some guy who is aging, right? Like there is an extent to which he relies on his on his speed for sure. He'll slow down to the course of that contract. I don't love the way necessarily the end of that contract looks, but I also mm-hmm. look at the next three years of Pascal Siak. I'm really only worried if, if, if it's, if it's a four year deal, I'm really only worried about the fourth year, to be honest. Um, I don't look at the next three years of Pascal Siak and worry about him slowing down. This is a guy who's pretty much perpetually, you know, improved throughout the course of his career. He had the best season of his career last year. He is becoming a much more cerebral player. Uh, he's incredible in the post. He's a good playmaker. Mid range game is good like it's just like he is 
I mean, I don't know. Like, we obviously know that Pascal Siakam is very good. I think that if he goes into free agency, he will probably get a max contract from somebody, especially if he's going to be the best player going into free agency next year. So almost definitely. Yeah. yeah like it's like he is he is worth the max. I think the question for the Raptors becomes how much money do you want to commit to a team that might not necessarily be going anywhere? Um and I get, I guess that's that's where we're at, right? Like, I don't, I. So what do you, I guess? What do you think? Like, do you think he's worth the the four year one hundred ninety two that they could offer him? I think, like, in a vacuum, absolutely, he's worth yeah. that. Um, he's an all NBA caliber forward who can do so many awesome things. And I think like, I, I probably misspoke earlier by saying he's his best basketball is behind him. Cause like, he, no, that's just incorrect. Like he's, I think he, he won a most improved player award. He started playing basketball late. His trajectory is just like abnormal compared to other 29 year olds, I think in the modern NBA, but where I get really and I think this is where it gets really complicated for him and for the Raptors is like he said, um, I believe around the draft before the draft that he would not sign an extension with any team that traded for him and he's on an expiring contract. So that really compresses his value his trade value. And it makes it so, you know, the teams that have been calling according to Mark Stein, the Atlanta Hawks, the Indiana Pacers, the Orlando Magic have gauged this situation, and there are other teams. Um, but, like, what are you getting back for Pascal? And is there value in simply not being the team to have to lock yourself into a max deal with someone who is very good? But I think is it's kind of clear, like, isn't the best player on a championship team? And you're just really banking on... OG Ananobi's de- de- development, assuming that you re-sign him, and Scotty Barnes's development after a very... Um, I'm not giving up on Scotty Barnes, but a disappointing a shaky, second season. Shaky sophomore year, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a bunch of fake trades, and we'll get into that eventually. Maybe now, I don't know. But like, if you're Toronto, it's just like this really fascinating question of... Like you, I guess like if you're Toronto, you can't lose him for nothing, right? You can't, that's like the worst case scenario. You just went through this show with Fred. So Mm -hmm. that's why I said like trading him is appealing. And I also think this team should pivot out of the situation that they're in. Yeah. The leverage question to me is really interesting with Toronto. Um, You could look at it and say, Siakam wants to say, so if they don't find the right deal for him, they'll probably just keep him and kick the can down the road. There is also an argument to be made that if you do want to trade him eventually, he might have more trade value after he is extended. And, you know... It's a very good point. This is a team that I would not put any potential trade, potential betrayal past them. They will do it if if it will make them better. Um, So regardless of whether he wants to be there, if he's locked in... I assume he won't be getting a no trade clause. So <laughs> nope, that could be a, that could be a move down the line for them. Um yeah, the, the the fact that he said that he wants to be in Toronto, I think could be seen in two different ways. Like it could be seen as a team that 
want to trade him, potentially thinking, well, how much are we willing to bargain for one year of Pascal Siakam? I think that also comes down to your level of faith in what you are after. Um, and I also wonder, and this is only this is a question only Pascal can answer, if by saying that he wouldn't sign with a team that that traded for him, does that mean that he just wants to test out free agency in general? Is that what it is? Or is it just a matter of him wanting to go back to Toronto? So I think it can be taken in a lot of different ways. Uh It's like, they don't necessarily have to deal him. Cause I think, I mean, I think the other thing is like, you don't necessarily want to keep doing like, you know, like the situation that the Celtics are in with Jalen Brown, I think, I like to I like to point it out because it's hilarious to me to do it to you. But at the end of the yes, day, it's a lot it. of money. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a lot of money, and money can fix a lot of things. So I I kind of look at Siakam situation in the same way. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know. I don't know what it all means leverage wise. Can we just? Do you want to get into the fake trades? Let's just do it. Hop in. So. Yeah. I've got a few here, um, basically going off of uh, Stein's reporting, and I think these are fair trades, like for teams that are understanding that they may not. I mean, first of all, like the extension question. It's like if I were Pascal, I would hit unrestricted free agency because I can make more money that way than extending. I'm pretty certain of that. I'm not a hundred, but I'm pretty certain that he can make way more money or not as much because extension rules have changed with the new CBA, but there is a benefit to hitting unrestricted free agency still. If he signs with the Raptors as a free agent, like he'll make just as much money. If he can sign a designated veteran contract, then that's the way that he makes the absolute most money. He can sign that whether he goes into free agency or not, he can extend on that. Um, yeah. The lowest money situation for him is if he signs with another team in free agency. And even that, like it's four years, 184. So it's not like a huge pay cut. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Atlanta. Atlanta's really interesting because they just extended DeJounte Murray on a number that frankly surprised me. It was lower than I thought. We just talked about like, you know, maximizing your financial value and your worth. And in a relatively thin free agency class next summer where there's going to be a lot of teams that have a lot of cap space and need at that position, um, I thought DeJounte could have veered closer to the max, especially if he has a really strong year under Quinn Snyder. And instead he signed for four for 120, I believe. And that's not really close to the max. It's a lot of money. I would take it, but not the max. I think, I, th- I think you could hold out for more. Thank you. I appreciate that. So they're in a fascinating situation because obviously their ownership group has never paid the tax, even though they always say that they will pay whatever it takes and they never pay the tax and they just dump John Collins for Rudy Gay in a second round pick, uh, dramatically lowering their... Uh, salary situation to get under the luxury tax. Um, if they do trade for Pascal, it's like, I'm sure that they can finagle some sort of way to stay out of the tax, although it'd be very difficult, especially long-term. And you got a Kongwu and you have all these other um, 
rookies, guys on rookie scale contracts who want to get paid on your team. Um, they can dump some other salary, and obviously there would be outgoing salary in this in this deal. But let me just give you the my favorite hypothetical here, and it's very simple: Pascal to Atlanta for DeAndre Hunter and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Those two salaries almost exactly equal Siakam's thirty-seven point eight million dollar deal for next year. If you're Toronto, first of all, just give me your reaction to that was there anything else any picks <laughs> no that, that's it what that's the reaction <laughs> shock well, yeah why why would it's just those are those are two contracts that are locked in for the next four years and between like the injury history of both of those guys and just what we've seen from deandre hunter like i if I I would I would need a draft pick just to like unload those salaries regardless of who I'm getting back. So if you're Atlanta, you have, I guess you you could give like you just don't have a lot of draft you equity. Don't, like yeah. you've you gave up your. Uh, I guess you could give a 2029 first if you really wanted to. They um, have their 2031 pick, and they have the Kings sure. 2024 pick. As well, that is, I think, lottery protected. Um, yeah, it is. yeah. So, like, the draft equity is not great in Atlanta right now. The reason why, like, and if I'm Atlanta, like, and this is applies to a lot of these teams in terms of like how desperate you are to make a move. I don't think Atlanta's super desperate right now necessarily, but like, you're getting a flight risk with Pascal. So if I'm trading for him, like I'm giving up a a young player, 24 years old, DeAndre Hunter, um, a little better on my Scotty Barnes timeline if I'm building around Scotty, and I get Bogdan Bogdanovich. I didn't have any shooting last year. I get one of the better shooters in basketball. Um, both guys are locked up for a couple years, and I again I think that there is value. I might be in the minority on this every time I open my mouth about it, but I think there is value in being the team that, as a non-contender, does not have to pay Pascal Siakam the max or close to the max. Because that's, in the new CBA, that's just like the reality of the NBA, I think. Yeah, but you're not like offloading him, though. It's not that dire that you had to take on four years of DeAndre Hunter. No. <laughs> I guess like, I am still a fool and I still think that there's upside with DeAndre Hunter. So like I I would be kind of excited about that. Not like super duper excited. I don't think like I don't know. you you immediately well, talked me out of this. Type. He's very yeah, much you a Raptors type. He's- you immediately <laughs> talked me out of this. Like it's ter- just a terrible fake trade by me. I'm sorry for everyone listening. Um I think it, uh, you'd have to include a first, I guess. Like what, you'd that, have that's to just, include a first yeah. if it was like <laughs> Russell Westbrook's like, contract, you know. Like it's yeah. just it's four years of those guys. And look, okay, so I, me personally, like I still I'm curious about where DeAndre Hunter is going. I hate his inconsistency. I don't think he's aggressive enough. I don't know if that's he, he could potentially go the Andrew Wiggins route. Maybe he figures it out. I like his post play. I think he's a great mid range shooter. I think that for being six eight and having a 7-2 wingspan, I don't see nearly enough from him on defense. Maybe yeah, that's that, fair. Maybe Very the Raptors fair. like Very him. Fair. 
maybe the rappers like him. Maybe they believe that he's the type of guy that they can convince or like, you know, just basically motivate him. He has obviously never been in like a really good situation in Atlanta. He's had a ton of injuries. His role has shifted a lot, but he also, he played over 30 minutes a game last year. And I didn't really come away being like, oh, wow, finally DeAndre Hunter got a consistent role and he showed something for it. So, and then he's also just one of those guys where I love him. I love him as a rookie, as a rookie contract guy. Like his his value to me as a rookie contract guy is very different than yeah, a guy no. that I'm paying twenty million over four years. Look, okay, you, you win can, this can, argument. Can, okay, okay. I I feel like the whole city of Toronto is going to be coming <laughs> to my apartment with torches and pitchforks after that one. Um, I apologize. I'll That's be better. Okay. I promise. It's all good. You know what? <laughs> you you have such a strong track record and just the way that you just right now took accountability right away just shows me <laughs> like I, you're I just don't think you're you I don't see you on the DeAndre Hunter traje- trajectory. To me, you're way more of like in a Kongwu. Nicest thing anyone's ever said to me, frankly. Untouchable, like an AJ Griffin type, <laughs> like just someone Thanks I'm so I'm much. really excited with, like just really easy to play with, like super smart, move off the ball really well. What if instead of a first, they threw in uh, Kobe Bufkin? Would that change anything? Okay, so no. Um, no. (laughs) Okay, let's kind of think about what Atlanta has, right? So they have the Kings 2024 pick. They have like every second rounder except for one going out until 2029. Um they have a lot of promising young players. And I think that's where you can get a deal done, potentially. Um, I think so. I think Hunter's going in this deal anyways, just because of the money. You need somebody yeah. to match up the money. He is a Raptors type. I do think that he can be... There's a reclamation project potential in there somewhere. Um, from there, if I'm the Raptors and I want to stay competitive through this rebuild or this retool, I like some of the guys that they can potentially offer up. Like I like Jalen Johnson, um, another Raptors type. He's six, nine, seven foot wingspan. You can convince yourself that maybe he'll be a shooter one day, even though he probably won't. I like Uh, Jalen Johnson. Yeah. I like a lot of, uh, Atlanta's young players. And again, this is one of the, my most embarrassing podcast segments. Like I, I don't even know what was going through my head when I wrote down this fake trade. I was probably distracted. Hey, shoot or shoot, man. You got to have like just goldfish memory. You're good. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay. So they have the uh, all the assets that you're... I interrupted you. You have They have the no, assets. They have Jalen Johnson. I like Jalen Johnson. Um, throwing him in there would be pretty interesting, I guess. He's a freak athlete transition. in the open floor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, dunk machine. Uh, high upside. Um, I don't know, like who, who, who of their young talents is like most intriguing to you, or do you think would like be most appealing to Masai? Well, I have to assume a is off the table. Um, I think he's that, off the table. After that, I would say probably AJ Griffin. Um, just I, I really like if especially if he if he figures it out as a ball handler too, I just really like the type of player he can be. He's super aggressive. He's really smart. Um he f- like just finishes really well at the rim. He's a good shooter. He has I think he's just a really great complimentary player. I think I think that's the thing with the Hawks. I think the Hawks have a 
bunch of young players that can be really good complementary pieces. I think the same about Jalen Johnson, who's also just like an awesome defender too. Um, Sadiq Bey, he's only 24 mm-hmm. still. Um, he's showing some creation ability. He's I wish he went to the rim more, uh, but just, you know, in, in the perimeter, he's a good closeout attacker. Not much of an in-between game, but, like, just a lot of guys that I think right now, like, project out to, A, they have NBA roles right now. They know what to do. They can slot in. They can potentially develop from there. I don't see star potential in any of those guys. I see, like, some of those guys can be, like, really high-level complementary players one day. So I guess the question to me becomes, like... Are you looking for that? Like, would you take a Tom and some Greg sprinkles or do you want like a Roman? Like, do you want like a Ken? Like, is it what <laughs> can you get a Ken? Right. Like that's that to me becomes like the question. Cause like they've, the, the Hawks have some sprinkles and I think that they will have to probably give up like Hunter and like one or two of those guys just because of, you know, they don't have picks. It's like the other teams that can get into this, I think, have more picks. And that's also kind of why I think it behooves Toronto to wait it out a little bit and try to create a bit of a market. Like I would, if I'm Toronto, like what I'm trying to do is just like find a way to get Brooklyn involved. You know, that's interesting. I will also say on behalf of, you know, Tom's fan base, the man was the CEO, my guy, the pain sponge. So like, there's some value there. Like if we're, you're right. Uh, let's as far as on, like the like, highest level of complimentary role playing, it goes like there is just like <laughs> think about a guy who just does all the dirty work, you know? Exactly. Um, so okay, let's. I think Orlando is actually a really interesting team in this discussion. You're talking about picks. They have all their picks, super young, but also like like really talented and have one of the better young cores in all of basketball. Um, let me throw another fake trade at okay. you and I, I, I will redeem myself here. The uh, Orlando Magic at Pascal Siakam, the Toronto Raptors get Gary Harris, Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, and two first round picks. Ooh, okay. I mean, that's that, that, Now we're talking. Now we're yeah. talking. I like that. I like that. I think like, just like the shot creator that Jalen Suggs can potentially turn into is exactly what this Toronto Raptors team needs. For the Magic, you're losing quite a bit of your perimeter depth here. I almost wonder if like they wouldn't want to give you all of those guys add their picks. Maybe they have to, maybe they don't. Um, it's just, it's like I'm projecting out a lot of Cole Anthony, but I like this deal. I like Cole Anthony. Okay. And I... I was, I'm also like, you know, if, in, if you're actually negotiating this trade, like if you're Orlando, you're probably actually trying to push Cole Anthony into it instead of, mm-hmm. especially Suggs, who I think is like a really hey, good Anthony. long-term fit with, uh, Paolo and Franz and just like, you know, I remember when he was drafted, it was like, I, is this Drew Holiday? I don't know if that's going to be his long-term trajectory, but really good on-ball defender still, really tough player. If When he's able to stay healthy, like he's awesome, just hasn't been able to stay healthy and kind of really inconsistent offensively shooting the ball. Um, but I don't know. I thought that was like a really interesting one. And if I'm Orlando, 
I guess like if you're Orlando, why are you doing this? Is like kind of my question. Yeah, if I'm the magic, like I'm not really sure why I want to throw a 29-year-old player as good as he is into the mix with a bunch of young guys. Like I think then you kind of end up in the pretty much the exact same predicament that the Raptors are in. Um maybe it's just like so Jeff Weltman, who used to work for the Raptors, left after Siakam's rookie year. Maybe he's just a guy who really likes Siakam. Maybe he's doing the Raptors a favor. I don't know. Like just trying to like help help him out a little bit. I because yeah, like from a from a team building perspective, even if like if if I'm Orlando and I do want to add another star, I'm just going a lot younger than that. So yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, like. What I would just say is like, you know, I'm looking at their roster and they could be like, are are they going to the playoffs? Let's say if they do this trade, like Orlando's lineup is basically like Paolo, just Paolo, Franz, Pascal, Wendell Carter, and who? Like, I don't know. Is Anthony Black starting? Um Maybe Jonathan Isaac gets healthy, then that would be really scary. Like it's just a, it would be a really funky team with like so much upside and a lot of defense, youth transition. A lot of defense, like you can switch, stay big, space the floor. Um, so many two way players. Joe Ingles is there for some reason. Uh, yeah, I don't I, like. I don't know. It would just be and. Uh, Shout if out Anthony young Black, team signing vets. <laughs> shout out that contract, which still is the most confusing contract um, I have ever seen. Um, and I love Joe Ingles. But if, you know, if Anthony, I just think like they were, they're very guard, uh, too many guards in Orlando right now. And I would love to see like Anthony Black at minutes right away. And, um, I feel like this would be a really good opportunity to sell relatively high on Suggs and also on Fultz. Fultz is good, but like, I don't know. I feel like this would be a better short and long-term route for them. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerMBA. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerMBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so let's move away from the Magic. They would be really fun. Um, the Pacers are another team that's rumored to have interest. And this is not very sexy, but this is like a maybe their best realistic offer, in my opinion, if you're Indiana. And it's Buddy Heal, TJ McConnell, Aaron Neesmith, and two unpredicted first round picks. What do you think about that? I love it for the Pacers. I think like like just like talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't hate it for the Raptors either. I think it's like I, I think right now, um, it's among the best deals that you're gonna get. I think that if I'm the Raptors, and this is maybe like why it makes sense to like wait it wait it out a little while. Like I would be curious about Toppin. I don't think that they can flip him right away. I think he officially has become a pacer. So, you know, there's no like three team possibilities there. I don't think. Uh, but I like, so which, which picks is it their own picks? E, they have all their own picks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'd be two, let's just say 24, 26 unprotected. So assuming they have all, yeah, they have all of their own picks. I don't think that mm-hmm. there is ever going to be a time when those picks get like less valuable over time. Like Halliburton just extended through 2029. You try to go get their 2031 pick. That's probably what I would do if I was a Raptors, but there's like really no guarantee that that pick is going to be any better than, than those. Um, I had, I had a few notes about, those guys, uh, I like that, you know, McConnell just, you know, he only has, he's only going to have like one year left in his contract right after this. Right. Mm-hmm. And then with Buddy Heald, it's just kind of, they already have Gary Trent. Maybe you take him to flip him. You could probably get a first rounder out of him, like send him to a contender. But like, I don't necessarily look at Buddy Heald and say like, he's going to be part of their long-term plans when, you know, Gary Trent just opted into his deal and the reporting is that he is going to be signing an extension. Um, Waiting for that to happen. That's a fair point. Um, But I think it's, I think it's a pretty good deal. Uh, I'd be curious what Neesmith looks like in a Raptors uniform as well. And they also, I mean, the Pacers also have the Kings uh, second rounders too from the Duarte trade. So Maybe those can grease the wheels a little bit. This feels like th- this feels like one of the more realistic deals, also, just because of how well Siakam would fit into the Pacers. Like, if there's any hole that they have right now, it is at the four position, where like it's it seems like it's a battle between like Toppin and Jarris Walker, who I love. Uh, maybe like mm-hmm. maybe maybe Jarris Walker can also be part of the deal as well. Like he's really athletic. Another. I would not trade him if I was Indiana. You would, yeah. Okay, I'm pretty high on him too. I love him. He's such. He's so fun. I mean, he's like also just like very much my type of player. Is like someone who's just yep. been riding like the next Draymond Green train for the longest time. Like I just love him. Um, and if he like, it, yeah. Anyway, so we're not going to turn this into a Jairus Walker podcast as much as I'd like to, but he is also out there. And like I wouldn't, I wouldn't deem him to be necessarily untradeable. I think the Pacers were looking to trade that pick before the draft, anyways. So. I 
would just say that he's out there. But yeah, I would I would love to see Siakam playing playing next to like Ty Halliburton and Bruce Brown and Matherin. I just think it's a perfect fit. Like he just he would revamp their offense a lot. Like he'd be a really good fit next to Turner as well. Turner's another guy that like it has to be it has to be healed, right? Like if it's if it's Turner, it doesn't really make sense for either team. Yeah, exactly. Like I was just looking at it. You need the salary. Um, he'll be expiring. He's pretty old, honestly. And I've been trying to get you know I was trying to get players who are more on Scotty's timeline a little bit, but also mm-hmm. like if they trade Pascal, it seems like they want to be this team that can sort of replicate what like the Miami Heat just did and go on this magical run. I feel like that's like the best case scenario for a Toronto Raptors team that wants to stay competitive right now. And I don't know, like the, uh, honestly, like um, this whole conversation is like really frustrating for me. Cause I just want them to either like bottom out or mm-hmm. go after Dame Lillard. Like that's, I, I, I just, all of these trades, like, it just doesn't make a lot of after losing Fred. I just think the calculus has changed for the organization, and they need to be like either getting off of Pascal, not for nothing, like my first talks hypothetical, <laughs> but like just more aggressively um, looking to move on and start like turn the page and start over around. I'm like I'm fine with them resigning OG. I think he's really good and is coming off a fantastic season on the defensive end and he's always talking talking about improving and expanding his offensive role and he's young enough where that's a realistic aspiration I feel like um on a big contract so I like I'm fine with that I just I don't know like it's it's just a really it's just a really frustrating conversation for a really frustrating team the other team I have that hasn't been mentioned is the Knicks just because I feel like why not you know, Ooh, yeah. I haven't thought too hard about it, but it's like you do Pascal and Otto Porter for RJ Barrett, Evan Fournier and a first. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I need more. I need more picks. I need more, need picks. more picks. If I'm, ta- yeah, if I'm taking on not- Evan Fournier, I, I need more picks. And the Knicks have them. The Knicks have him, and he'd be a really, really good fit, fit in New York. Really good. He would. I think he's a little... Him and Randall together would be weird, maybe. Um, he's a lot better, but they do a lot of the same stuff and operate in the same space. I just, I, I said one pick because I just don't think the Knicks, they, I, the Knicks want to keep their picks and they're trying to get other better stars um, who may come available at some point. Doesn't Siakam though, like the type of guy that you hold out for? You I mean he's not necessarily Trey Young by any means, but you have Jalen Brunson. I think he would play incredibly well with Jalen Brunson like love that two-man game don't disagree yep I I agree what's your ceiling though what's your ceiling well you got you do have to you do have to get something out like you do have to get something else but I do think that the Knicks have enough assets that like they can afford to give up you know like two more picks in a deal like that and still have plenty in the war chest to to go after somebody else especially as we're seeing now right like the the sort of like the rudy gobert donovan mitchell-esque halls aren't really there anymore right and superstars are increasingly going off the wayside like in trades so I think that you could just wrangle more for it and it just it kind of goes back down to the hunter thing like why am I taking on Evan Fournier who granted has less 
years on his contract, but still, like, why am I taking him on for an all NBA level player? I would just, I would just need much more. And like, you can, like, you can get more than that for Siakam. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. And yeah. but I love the Knicks as a trade partner, and like RJ Barrett, can it, like Canada yeah, connection, one hundred percent. Yeah, they're pretty interesting. I don't. I'm sure there's other teams that could be thrown into this mix that are, you know, wanting a player of Pascal's talent level. But it's just like, what are you willing to give up? It's just the big question. Do you have enough to give to to get him? And where are you in your timeline as an organization? And like. Does he make sense there? And would he resign there? Those are all the, the, the questions. That's why it limits kind of the pool here for yeah. potential trade partners. Yeah. Um, so I've been sitting on this. I, I actually haven't because I think I tweeted it out or I sent it on Blue Sky. I can't even remember. There's too many of those. There's too many. You threaded it. There's just too many. Thre- yeah. yeah, I threaded it. Or did you actually just post it on like a Word doc, like the like the one that probably was set up for Creed, so that nobody would ever get any of his thoughts? <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, the Damian Lillard saga is like really frustrating. Obviously, yesterday Joe Cronin, uh, Portland Trailblazers GM, said it, this could drag out for months, and he's spoken about how. Usually everybody is happy when a situ- when a star forces their hand. Only when the star has more than one team he's willing to go to, which makes a lot of sense because who are you negotiating against in a trade if you're the Blazers, but the Miami Heat? And there just aren't a lot of teams out there who are potential suitors. And I feel like the Toronto Raptors are not being discussed enough in this conversation. And I have a fake trade here involving one Damian Lillard going to the Toronto Raptors. And I want to read it to you and I want to get your reaction. And I feel like the pieces involved can be, you know, tweaked a little bit, but like fundamentally like the the big heavy hitters will are like the hey look like yeah. you're, so anyway. you're still JJ Redick you know like I don't want you to be hesitating <laughs> like you don't need to preface I'm, anything I'm faking left and right here you are I'm you so know, shook I, I just want I, I want to see you play your game thank you I appreciate you you're a great podcast partner <laughs> um the Raptors get Damian Lillard and Nasir Little the Blazers get Scotty Barnes. Gary Trent Jr., Chris Boucher, Thad Young, Otto Porter, Toronto's unprotected first-round pick in 2028, and a pick swap in 2029. That is the trade. Oh, man. Fuck the two timelines. Okay. (laughs) That's spicy. That's spicy. So you keep OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and you got Dame on the team. Yeah. You got Jakob Pertl, Gary Trent. That is an incredible starting lineup. I yes. have to say that like the Raptors have basically said over and over again that Scotty Barnes is untouchable in a trade. But okay, I was honestly I blacked out a little bit after you said Scotty Barnes. I need you to go down that list again. <laughs> so Scotty, uh Gary Trent Jr., uh Chris Boucher, Thad Young, Otto Porter Jr. And then a first in 2028, pick swap 2029. Okay. All right. So, okay. So Gary Trent's gone. Gary Trent's gone. Um, 
I don't think it would happen just because I don't either. <laughs> the Raptors feel about Scotty, but I love it. I really like it. I kind of wonder if like, I also, but I also feel like if you are going to give up Scotty, you don't necessarily have to like give up anybody else who's a real asset, but I just like who, who works salary wise. Cause like that and auto are good as your, your expiring deals. But I, I also kind of wonder if like, if it's going to be Scotty, then like maybe I try to keep Gary Trent and do like a Chris Boucher, like and some, Greg Sprinkles uh, situation as opposed to Trent because like and man I love I and if you're the Blazers man like you're not going to get a better prospect than Scotty Barnes who is like no, the perfect timeline to to build around Scoot the perfect player to build around Scoot with he does think he's a point guard so you might have to talk to him a little bit about that and say hey maybe you're more of a playmaking four that was kind of your best role last year uh so maybe lean into that but it's kind of man like that's that's such a great foundational start if you're if you're the blazers and like you're kind of you're surrounded by wings who can shoot already yeah yeah i i'm i'm yeah. like upset because it won't happen so why i love it for I, I mean, I love it for the Blazers for like everything that you said. Like, I just think Scotty's going to be a multiple time All Star, or at least that's the ceiling. All NBA. Um, his rookie year was like incandescent. He was amazing. He's this two way just monster. Um, in a lot of ways, the future of basketball. And that's like, that's your. Your trio, you've got your trio right there. You've got Sharp, Scoot Henderson, and Scotty Barnes. And like, you don't need the draft picks. You know what I mean? Like, you're getting yeah. one here, but you just have this foundation that is amazing. And in three, four years, you will be hopefully like borderline, I don't know about contending, but you'll be very good. You should be if everyone stays it's healthy. It's a great core. Yeah. It's a great core, amazing core. Um, I would take that core probably, you know, I want to see Scoot Henderson play, um, in an NBA game, but I would take that core. I'm sold, man. Scoot's a star. I'm really good. Yeah. Yeah. He looks really good. Um, so I just think that that, that core would be really fascinating. Not sold on Shaden Sharp, but I I like Shaden Sharp. I I think he's going to be awesome. Um, I forgive him for backing out of the dunk contest last year. It took me a while. I, I took it personally when he when he backed out, but we're over it. We've moved on. Um, we've made amends. So I'm back on team sharp. I love that trio. I feel like they complement each other really well. And I think more importantly here is the Toronto aspect of it. Obviously you're giving up Scotty Barnes mm-hmm. and obviously what you're doing is you are just hard pivoting into the present. And the question you have to ask yourself is, can we win a championship with Dame, Pascal, OG, Pirtle? You can go down, down the line of everyone else who's like left on the team. It's like Precious, Grady Dick, uh, Jalen McDaniels, Dennis Schroeder is the backup point guard. And I honestly think that like I would they would not be my favorite. I think that they that team could be very, very competitive. That team could win two playoff series. That team could be better than the Sixers. That team could beat the Bucks in a playoff series. That team could 
I'll say like, who knows what say the Celtics it. look like? Say it. They yes. could beat the Celtics. Yes. Um, oh. Oh, so like they wouldn't be the favorite, but like this is the team. Why I love it so much is like this is the team that Dame has wanted and needed for so long in mm-hmm. Portland. You get like so perfect. these two amazing defensive wings. You've got a great rim protecting center who has skills on the perimeter offensively, who can do some really nice things. Um, wonderful pick and roll partner. And it's like you have a second star who's six nine or however Pascal is, who's like won a championship, who has made an all NBA team, who is super established. OG is still improving. And I think spacing, honestly, is less of a important variable when you have Dame because Dame is I'll pull up from twenty eight feet in your eye. I don't care. So I just I, I don't know. It would be really fun. And I think the NBA would be like way cooler if this trade happened than any other trade. And um, yeah, so that's that's my like pitch for it. And I, I like it a lot. They're an instant championship contender with that trade. Like instant. Yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah. Like they especially like I would, if I'm going that direction and I'm giving up Scotty Barnes, I'm finding a way to keep Gary Trent. And like maybe you have to put together a bunch of young salaries to do it. Uh, but that's fine. Like you can send away Boucher and Malachi Flynn. I think you'd have to throw in a third team because it would get there's a that's a lot of like bodies in yeah. going to Portland. Um, but mm. you could theoretically make that work, and I think potentially keep Gary Trent. I haven't like tried because his contract eighteen point five is like a pretty big number, and him opting in low key I think like ruined. Masai Ushiri's summer. That's a different conversation. Um, But I think like depth-wise, you've got some question marks. Like you're going to need Grady Dick to play right away and Mm -hmm. be pretty good or okay and or passable, whatever. You got Um, Precious Chua. You've got Precious. What else do you need? Precious Coloco. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think like it's like you still also have a future first to trade. And I think the downside is this would get this will get really expensive. Um, but I also think that it simplifies your job if you are Maasai. And you don't have to worry about trading OG or trading Pascal. You re-sign both of them. You have Dame. And you're damn good. Like, I just... What else are you going to do? Like, the Jakob Pertl contract is just like... I love Jakob, but like, why would you do that unless you were trying to be like a really good basketball team? And I don't know. I feel like, do you think Toronto Raptors fans would be happy with this or would they be really upset? Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like after the year that Scotty had, it would be pretty mixed. I think if you tried to do this after his rookie year, when people were saying that you can't even trade him for Kevin Durant, it would be like a different conversation, right? Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think you're just so excited that it makes you a contender right away. And I just tried it right now. And the Barnes, Trey Young, uh, Thad Young, Otto Porter, Flynn, and, and Boucher works in the trade machine. Um, for what it's worth, oh. the, the Raptors uh, go up, tw- they, they win 12 more games. 
and uh, the Blazers <laughs> lose 13 games. But if you're if you're the Blazers, that's also kind of what you want going into next season. You don't necessarily want to be winning too many games. You do not want to be winning games. No. Um, then also, you know, man, they got they got Marquise Noel, like five seven next Fred Van Vliet, just killing it at summer league too. Like he could he could play some backup point guard for you. Uh, yeah, I I think it would be a very mixed reaction. I think it would it wouldn't be the same emotional reaction that it was when Demar Derozan was traded. But I think in terms of how polarizing it would be, it would be pretty polarizing. But then like the thing is like you're you're locked in. Then you can like you can you can extend Siakam, just knowing that that's like that's what you're breaked into and Dame is locked in through 2027. So I think that, you know, as much as he talks about how he won't report to camp, it's like, it'd be a long, long time to not report to camp. And this is a team that is also very <laughs> much proven that it's, it is willing to take a risk on a superstar that has said he will not play for them um, and just go for it. And this is kind of like, this is why, you stay in the middle if you're the Raptors too, right? Like this is like the one argument for it is like, they do have a ton of guys that are appealing to other teams, whether it's Barnes or like, you know, OG Siakam, like a whole bunch of young guys, like precious Christian Coloco. We don't know what Grady Dick is yet. Uh, Boucher, like they have a whole bunch of dudes and they have most of their first rounders. They don't have next year's. They have, a team that could be very competitive if they make the next right move. And like this, this just fits so perfectly for them, right? Like they just lost Fred Van Vliet. They need a point guard. Dame is just like the, the creator that they've been missing ever since Kawhi left. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I love it. I love it. I love, I love it for both sides. I had a, I had a, deal as well that I just don't I don't even want to say anymore because I just don't like it as much as I like yours but I will say it I don't love it I don't love it as much as for for the Blazers but I still think that it's like one of the better deals that the Blazers could get because OG Ananobi if you trade him like it immediately I think becomes like the best young player that has been mentioned in the Damian Lillard trade talks but OG Boucher sad and Otto's expiring and a first rounder. That is interesting. I think I would need look if Miami's given three firsts. Then yeah, if it's like like, like you <laughs> play yeah you play ball you try to get the first you, you try to get it, sneak it through with like one first but like yeah go take the first it's all good <laughs> take them. <laughs> Man, I love that you said. Uh, I guess subtly that OG is better than Tyler Hero. Which I think is really fascinating. And he is though, right? Like, right? I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I'm not saying that. I think I would rather have OG on my team. So, but does that mean he's better? I don't know. But that is a really fascinating. There's like kind of polar opposites in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but the best Luka defender in the NBA. I'd like to have that in the Western Conference. Well, the Dallas Mavericks got the best... Uh, Luca defender on their team now. <laughs> Genius move by them, taking them out of the competition. Um, but no, that's a really fascinating one. I like that too. And I guess just like overall, I I want the Dame conversation to be more interesting. It's really mm-hmm. boring when it's just the Miami Heat and Hero, Duncan Robinson, and whatever, like Jovic, whoever. Um I'm not a fan of that package. I don't yeah. think that 
that package makes a ton of sense for Portland. I don't think it sets them up great. And if they were to do it, it would have to be way more complicated with a third or a fourth team because Tyler Hero does not make sense next to... I mean, Shaden Sharp in two years will be better than Tyler Hero and they do the exact same thing. So what are we doing here? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me at all. Um, so yeah, Scotty Barnes, Portland Trailblazers, Dame Lillard, Toronto Raptors. Let's go. Scoot and Scotty. Let's I make it happen. It. Yeah. I think what I'm realizing through the course of this conversation is the one thing that I want to happen more than anything else is I really want Lillard and Siakam to play together. I just, I can't think of a more complimentary star duo than them. I mean, I can. They just won the championship, mm-hmm. but they'd be pretty yeah. good. They'd be <laughs> really good. Um, <laughs> but they just they would just fit so so well together. Like they don't really play in the same places in the court. The pick and roll would just be devastating. It would be f- incredibly versatile. Like you can throw Siakam on the pop. You can also just have him post up. Lillard and the pull like it's just I mean we know we know and like there there are actually a number of ways for to make it happen I still think that Brooklyn should just like throw in everything it has to try to get both of those guys on their team I'm also curious like are we too far gone with the Dame situation in Portland for them to try to trade for Siakam what is their pack their package for Siakam something revolving around Shade and Sharp I would imagine like sharp uh, yeah, Simon I situation. Know. I think th- I think mentally they have moved on, and yeah. they're like Scoot Henderson is now who we need to maximize. Yeah, Scoot's untouchable, right? S- S- Scoot is untouchable. Okay. Yeah, that would yeah. be that's untouchable right there. But then if you do keep Dame, then you have two point guards. So exactly, which is complicated. Yeah. Um, I and think as an organization, you need to gone really well for the Blazers. <laughs> exactly. So. Which is why also I just got to say like the Tyrese Maxey conversation. Stop it. Stupid. Yeah. Has to be a third team. Makes no sense. Like Even he's, Hero. he's Hero that doesn't make sense in Portland. Too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They both do. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think that was like really dumb too. Doesn't fit with Scoot who is you're trying to accentuate with this trade with whoever you bring back, yeah. which is why Scotty Barnes is great and it should happen. It's perfect. I, I love it. I hate that it will never happen, uh, but I am here for it. I think, I think it'd be great for every party involved. So I don't know. We'll see. I like, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I do think the Raptors are kind of liable to do anything. They have, they have pretty much said for the last two years that he is untouchable, but I don't know. I love it. I really, I really like it. I really like it. You, uh, by the way, you hit the buzzer beater. You hit the buzzer beater. So I'm, I'm glad that you played through it. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was like, that was like an and one three pointer, like 30 feet. And you hit the go ahead free throw. It was crazy. Cause like I committed four personal fouls in 10 seconds earlier in the show and to bounce back with a game winner, it just doesn't happen very often. So I'm feeling good about myself. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, all right. I think I think this uh I, I think this pretty much wraps it up here. Uh you won the game. I appreciate that. You're a great teammate. I've always had faith in you. I'm excited to keep running it back with you. Uh we'll talk to you guys probably next week. Uh we'll see if we have some Damian Lillard stuff to talk about. Otherwise, I don't know. Might be some, might be some summer league stuff. Might just be 
just heading off into the off season getting into some next seasons i don't know i don't know it's like we're we're heading towards that territory now so it's we'll a dead see. period it's a it's, it's a dead period yeah i think it might be i might be unless some of this stuff starts moving but we'll be staying tuned uh thanks michael thank you chris for producing thanks thank you all for listening 